Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow! I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the Monday morning episode. Coming at you on Monday afternoon because we're a bit disrupted because it's half term again. And uh, every time the kids are off school, our lives and our podcasting schedules are completely fucking thrown around. It's so, a logistical nightmare. Even for a logistical master like you, it's a struggle. It, it's an, it is. We thrive on our logistical prowess, usually, mm. but um, not today. Uh, I mean, Sam, you're not even in Great Britain anymore, or are you? Is it oh, part I'm of over Britain? on my Isle of Wight rig, aren't I? Yeah. This is my spiritual home on the Isle of Wight rig, which is quite convenient in as much as it's just relaxed time. But mm. at the same time, you know... You kind of, it throws my head out of sync. People often say when they go, how many episodes do you do mm. of your podcast? And you, I go, do fucking five a week, mate. Yeah. And and sometimes people look at me like, some of them look a bit sceptical. Some of them look a little bit judgy almost, like five days just doing a podcast. Yeah. Like, why? And I go, fuck off. You fucking the- do a podcast instead of whatever fucking stupid way you're making a living, dickhead. No, I don't say that. That's not, that's not what a podcast. I say is, a podcast is when you, you do one once a week and you get together with uh, maybe one of your media pals and you talk about things like Giles. Um, food ingredients and things like that. Uh, you talk yeah. ironically about, about uh, nutritional content of, uh, yeah. of supermarket food. Yeah, and you and, put it uh, out. You get 20 listeners. Yeah, good numbers, great numbers. Yeah, so, well, I, yeah, I don't, I try not to, like, you know, respond in a, in a in a way that is sort of childish, but obviously that's a struggle for me. So I try not to start telling them the sheer fucking thousands of people who listen to it and yeah. all the rest of it. But what I tend to say is, I, say, I go, listen, right, I've got a busy fucking schedule of all of my other responsibilities, but you don't understand. We're up. We drop the kids at school, right? And then that's it. Bang, half an hour. Bang, half Podcast. an hour before the rest of the yeah. day starts. Bang, it's are. done. And then off with the rest of the day. Bang, and the yeah. dirt is gone. Fucking easy. While you are fucking sat at your desk in your dreary office, fucking wasting the first half hour of the day by looking at Facebook or mm. going to the toilet. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or browsing whatever fucking showbiz site, whatever the fuck it is you're doing, right? Or listening to Bang. a podcast about food ingredients. Yeah. Bang, we've done that. That's half an hour. Bang, it's gone. And then we're off with the rest of the day. So it's actually a piece of piss. Most people I've noticed are very lazy. Uh, mm. But anyway, while I'm while I'm here in the Isle of Wight, <laughs> that, that schedule the technique, which I refer to as the bang, bang technique... <laughs> It's out the window, mate. It's out the window. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know what time it is. I'm operating on Isle of Wight time. We're just Isle of Wight schedules. I'm dressed just. I'm dressed in Isle of Wight clothes, mainly yeah. tracksuit based. 
Yeah, we're just grabbing any any kind of time we can get at all, just to knock out whatever we can do. And you just yeah. got to be fucking grateful for it because it's off term. Yeah, exactly. we, we, when have we ever took any time off from this podcast? Fucking rare. Months? We even did. We, haven't, have we even we? did one from our holiday compounds on the continent yeah. over the summer. There was one, the best ever. You were in fucking where were you? Cyprus, Cyprus or Crete? I think it was. Yeah, you were in Cyprus, and I was in Club Med. Can't remember what yes. country. It's just Club Med. <laughs> Right, and I was in fr- in the south of France. You were in fucking Cyprus, and we did a pod from there. Now that's fucking com- commitment, dickheads. Yeah, exactly. I think we need to have Christmas off, though, Sam. Yeah, do you know what I right. mean? Let's just knock it on the head for Christmas. I can't be asked. I think that's quite a good idea, but we it, to make up for it, I think we should do some very extra special Christmas content. Like when, whenever you're doing, like you know, if you do. If we did when we did my my rested TV show news thing, or yeah. any of the many television programs I've made over the years, many you always okay. yeah many you just you just uh, don't you remember um, <laughs> the edit on Channel Five Saturday lunchtimes presented by Sandalini and Anita Rani between mm. the years two thousand and two two thousand and three. I think I was many I people, think I was out that day. Many people say it was watershed, watershed, watershoddy, <laughs> life uh, and life affirming television entertainment. Anyway, of all the different things I've done, you always basically do a big Christmas special to allow right. you to have the time off over Christmas. Yeah. Same with magazines. Yeah, you'll know from your time in magazines. You like you, you do like a double issue for over Christmas, yeah. so you can all fuck off and have a bit of time off. So I think we need to do some sort of bumper pantomime type. Well, edition. we'll knock some extra stuff out for the IFS, but you know, keep that ticking over. But everyone else can fuck off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's sort of what I meant. That's yeah. Christmas. That's Christmas <laughs> taken care of. That. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's off term. I seem to have contracted a cold, um, mm. so my voice is a bit fucked. And I don't feel very well. But you know, the kids are off school, so uh, you know they'll look after me, I suppose, won't they? Jesus yeah. Christ! You're in the Isle of Wight. Uh, it's Monday afternoon. Uh, what we're going to talk about? The Wall. The Wall was a good episode, the wasn't it? The Wall was an incredible episode. I only got around to watching mm. it Sunday evening because Saturday night I went out. Um, I went out with my mate Sean and we went to see the wedding present. Oh, yeah. Because we're both big wedding present fans back was in the day. Was it in Newcastle or Sunderland? New- Newcastle Academy. And they were doing right. their uh, 30-year-old album, Bizarro, in full. Oh, yeah. Along with some other stuff. And, has that um, got that song Kennedy on it? That's it one has, of the only ones I know. Yeah. yeah. Lost Your Love of Life, Too Much Apple Pie, etc., etc. Et yeah, what the fuck's that song all about? It's about JFK, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Um, I haven't listened to it for a long time. Now, with somebody's wife. They do I'm, sound a bit like, like Savile, you've Jimmy got to Savile, admit. Yeah. If you're going to do leads... Do. Now then, now then, to watch a bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so that was really good. So I got back after that, didn't watch The Wall. I watched Match of the Day while slightly drunk. Match of the Day really annoyed me on Saturday night because... First of all, there was only five matches that had happened on Saturday. None of them were that good. Mm. And then no. the, most of the analysis in between the games seemed to be about VAR and talking yeah. about whether VAR's any good or not. And here we are again. It's another week and we're talking about VAR yeah. again. But we'll, VAR, we'll probably I knew move it. on to that. I said it. I called it at the start of the season. I said the worst thing about VAR will be people talking about VAR. Mm-hmm. And I was That's almost right. But, but also the worst thing about VAR is VAR itself also. Yeah. VAR itself 
is in theory a good thing because it should, you know, make things better. But it's just been deployed so fucking badly and so inconsistently mm. that that that's where we're at. We're talking about VAR itself rather than the decisions. Do you know what I mean? I liked it in the World Cup where they had a big screen that they mm. ran over to and watched because that lent drama. And also you could actually yeah. get to see with your eyes what was going on. You weren't just all sitting there awkward like yeah. where no one really knew what to do or where to look. The players are awkward, the refs are awkward, the fans are awkward, the managers are awkward. You're all fucking sat around thinking, God, football used to be about one stop roller coaster ride of relentless adrenaline and excitement. Mm. Now there's bits like no, at a wedding reception where the two families aren't talking to each no, other. It's mainly admin, isn't it? It's fucking admin based. I don't, I don't, admin's not a sport, although if it was, mate, you'd be a fucking I'd world be fucking champion. Great. I'd be gold medal winner, yeah. mate. Logistics and admin. Um, yeah, I mean, even watching Liverpool Spurs yesterday afternoon, there was a bit during the second half where Martin Tyler said, you know, because they were bringing results from the other games, and it was high drama at Arsenal. It's now Arsenal 3, Crystal Palace 2, because Palace had come back from 2-0 down. And then mm. a minute and a half later, he went, we need to issue a correction. It's Ugh. still 2-2 at Arsenal. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck. So the Is this where we're at? don't know... And the broadcasters, they, they don't know whether to announce a fucking goal. Yeah. There was the best bit about listening to a radio show on a Saturday. I once had the privilege on TalkSport of, of doing a show whilst there was live football matches right, going yeah. on elsewhere. Yeah. So it wasn't round the grounds as such. It was like a normal, you know, silly show like the type that we did together. Yeah. But there were games going on. It wasn't a full schedule. But what it meant, because I think it was a bank holiday. And so what it meant was I could say, I'd be doing an item, you know, interviewing mm. someone or whatever. And then the producer says in your ear, uh, when you can, Sam, go to Ewood Park. There's just been a goal. Whoa. So you go like this. Have to stop you there, Martin. Goal at Ewood Park. Here's, <laughs> jo- here's Tony and Chenzo, right? Goal at Ewood Park. Here's Tony and Chenzo. Uh, thanks, Sam. Well, it came just past the half hour mark, and uh, it was a, a pretty sloppy bit of defending, uh, truth be told, by Port Vale, right? And you'd be like, great. Ah, uh, be fucking brilliant. And then I'd get so into it, I'd be praying for a goal so much that yeah. I wouldn't really be concentrating on the interview at all be carrying on or doing a bit of banter then all of a sudden Sam go to Carrow Road when you get a chance goal at Carrow Road <laughs> here's John Smith right <laughs> fucking brilliant absolutely brilliant and then also I'd go okay coming up we've got another chat with our author of that god awful book but <laughs> first as you know there's a full there's a full schedule of games in the championship today so let's go round the grounds. Oh, round the grounds. Look at our proper radio. Oh, what a privilege it was to say all of those phrases. But when you do that, goal at Ewood Park. Yeah. Goal at the Britannia Stadium. I could go on. There's loads I did of stadiums. It. I did it once on, on the warm-up and uh, I got to do... There's, there's, there's goal at Gay Meadow. Sorry. I got, I got to do there's been a wicket at the cricket. And then we tossed oh, across yeah. to, the, to the cricket. Amazing. But then I just had to sit there and think, I've got no idea what this fella's talking about. I don't yeah. know what it means. Well, I hope he doesn't ask me anything. My, yeah, the attitude is, if there's ever any non-sport, in, any non-football sport, <laughs> non-sport. you just cross your yeah. feet. I call it non-sport. Anything just, that's not football. Uh, I think that's what George Orwell called it in 1984, <laughs> non-sport. Right? 
cross your fingers and fucking hope they don't ask you a question back. Sam, what do you yeah. make of it so far <gasps> in the cricket? Oh, what? Oh, the light's gone bad. Bye. Right. Me, me and me and my mate were talking about the other day. He's a radio, you know, Mark, the radio producer. Yeah. We were talking about how you go about how every broadcaster, if you're in sports radio, or really in anything, but sports radio is a good example, you need to have a line up your sleeve, right, that can make you sound as if you kind of know what you're on about, right, for every sport. Yeah. And I have one for every non-football sport. It's football. I'm pretty comfortable. Okay. You know, I mean, neither you or I claim to be experts when it comes to the old football. No. Fraudsters uh, almost. But... But, for, suffice to say, I have, I've watched a lot of football. A lot of football. As much as most people. However, I don't claim to know anything about football at all. I've learned... No- what I'm saying is, mate, I've learned nothing. Yeah. I must have watched thousands of games all over the world. I don't know a fucking fair. I don't know no any more does. than the next camp, no do one I? Does, no one Sam. does, It's, it's, it's stupid. The, it's, all, it's all arbitrary. It, it's the people who claim that they know stuff that they're the liars. That the, 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 the camps, yeah. So, anyway... Uh, we were talking about because I said to Mark, who's a rugger fan, I went, "Oh yeah, isn't there rugby this weekend?" And he was a bit like laughing, like, "Yeah, yes, there is. <laughs> it's uh, England are in the World Cup, so, which I didn't know, right? Why should you?" And I went, "Oh, I went, oh, right, great." And I said, "Oh God, good job I'm not doing talk sport. I mean, you know." I said, "Oh no," I said to him, "That was it." I went, "Oh, well, do you think we can win it? Who are we playing? New Zealand? Do you think we can win it?" He went, "We can," and I said. To be honest, I think the key to beating the All Blacks is to just keep the ball out of their hands. Oh, good. And he went, what? And I went, <laughs> you just keep the ball out of their hands because that's how they do the damage. When they've got the ball, it's yeah. fucking hard to get back off of the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. And he just grinned because he knew I was actually, he's been my producer for long enough to know what I'm fucking he up knows to. You're full and I of went, shit. I went, that's my rugby line, mate. Well, he knows all broadcasters are full of shit. And the better broadcaster you are, the better shit you've got, right? And I go, yeah, that's my, that's my, always my rugby line. My cricket line is always, well, I think England have got a really strong top order. Hmm. But if the Aussies get a few early wickets, I think we're going to struggle because we don't have much depth in in that attack. In the lower, in the lower order. In the lower order. Yeah. The lower orders. I think that's it. So that's always a good one. I think, no, the lower you know, orders are like working class people. It's just slaves, lower order. Slaves. It's, low, it's lower order singular. Yeah, so you, what you've made the mistake of there is you've overreached. I never overreach. Right. I say my thing and then I keep shtum. Right? <laughs> don't, don't start trying out other bits. I know that I can talk about our opening batsmen. Right? I go, get, right. And sometimes you, I'll even know their names. I go, well, you know, Joe Root. It's going to carry yeah. this, isn't it? Right. And um, and then with boxing, I'll go... The thing is, Mayweather is obviously the better technical boxer. We know that. Yeah. He's, he's arguably one of the greatest technical boxers of all time. Mm. But having said that, Hatton has got a punch on him. And we know that in boxing, in any fight... That it only takes one One punch, punch can settle it. Yeah, exactly. And I can tell you this. Mayweather might be red-hot favourite, mm. but he is going to have to fight at his very best to get through this fight. And I don't think it's as easy as people think. Because Hatton is a brawler. And people like Mayweather... And, it, you know, you can exchange the names either way. 
I'm using these as examples from a very old fight many years ago. I was going to say, you've, you've, is, gone back, you've gone back a decade no, there for your go-to no, line. But, um, I have, I have. No, no, but listen, the template's the same because <laughs> in every fight, there's always one who's the better technical boxer and there's one yeah. who's a brawler. And yeah. that's always the case. Even if you have Mayweather Pacquiao, anyone, right, you can always frame it that way. You can always frame it. There's never two. You go, these are two of the best technical box ever. Ah, that never happens. You can Tyson- always frame one as the technical guy and the other one as the brawler. Tyson Fury, technically, he's not the greatest you'll ever see, but he's unpredictable. Mm. You never know what you're mm. going to get with Tyson Fury, and no. that's probably his greatest strength. You can't legislate for him. Yeah, you can't exactly. legislate good. for him. I like that. That's good. Legislate. Excellent. So you've got, to, you've got to have a line for everything up your sleeve. Same as in life. For every Same non-sport. Yeah. yeah. Every non-sporting thing you have to encounter <laughs> in life. Conversations with other humans. Conversation we- in the post office. What what I will add about VAR, because I've got nothing else to say about it, was did you see match of the day two last night? The better matches uh, were on no. yesterday, so it was better than watching Saturday nights. But um, it was Mark Chapman and uh, Ian Wright and fuck, who was the other one? Can't remember. But they were um, laying into VAR. Even Mark Chapman, who's supposed to be the impartial presenter, was just mm. laying into VAR about what a fucking joke it is. And he basically, he was speaking for the nation. I was up on my feet, yeah, punching the air, going, yes, Mark, yes, tell it how it is. You'd vote for Chappers, wouldn't you? Of course I would. Safe pair of hands, innit? I was didn't match watch either the match of day. Well, I went to West Ham on Saturday, and we drew, and it was pretty shit. And as you know, I hate Sheffield United, so I was a bit gutted not to have beaten them. And the early mo- the early season excitement that I had and euphoria where I thought we were going to win the league, that started to really erode now and I'm feeling a bit down. And mm. I just, I didn't watch Match of the Day. And it's not like we'd lost, but I realised that I've become so weird about football that basically, unless West Ham win, <laughs> I don't like football. You switch off from football. Okay. I'm just not interested. It's sort of like, it's a shit game. It's mm, a shit game. For children. It's a shit sport. I'm not interested. It's pointless. It's like, yeah. unless I'm winning the game, I will undermine the very game itself. <laughs> Again, I do that in life, you know. I'll, I'll be doing a job and I'll be very passionate about the job until the point at which I leave that job, at which, po- at which point I will undermine not just the job, but also the entire industry exists yeah. within. Yeah, so you're not watching a lot of football at the moment then, these days? Or I didn't, enjoying I didn't this weekend. I didn't this weekend, no, yeah. and I haven't for a few weeks. West Ham haven't won a while. What I did do last night was watch Jaws. Yeah. Um, I'm away in the Isle of Wight, but just with my daughter and my mum, uh, my mum's rig, and we decided to watch Jaws, which my daughter's mm. always want to see. Go back to the conversation last week. I think it's one of the ones that my wife, was not that keen on a scene, but I thought, fuck's sake, it's a 12. And she is 12. I mean, Jesus Christ. What? Are we are we going to start claiming that we know better than the film authorities? Of course we is don't. Is that what we're saying no. as parents? Of course, of course we, we don't. don't. There's an app so, There's an app that I use, which is a parent's guide to mm. uh, all films and TV shows. It's called Kid Rated or something like that, or Parent Rated. Right. And um, basically parents go on and there's the you get the actual rating for it and then the rating the parents have given what they think mm. the rating should be i'd go off that okay i haven't got a clue yeah yeah i'll go off that yeah i'll well, go off what right, a, I'll a, look that a collective bunch of strangers have said yeah who are these that's, that's what yeah. i'm thinking yeah um, i trust that anyway it was quite good my daughter enjoyed it my um wasn't too scared i don't think but my watching jaws with my mum mm. 
uh, is quite an experience. I, I considered at one point taking notes, and I thought, nah, people who take notes on what their family and friends are saying are cunts. <laughs> but I will say that my mum unveiled a depth of knowledge about sharks that I had no idea before that she possessed. <laughs> For instance, she told me things like, she said, now this is what they do. You know there's scenes in, in Jaws where all the swimmers is from under the sea and you see loads of swimmers' legs... Yeah. And it's supposed to be from the Jaws's Jaws's POV, like a, a, right? A, like a nose cam. Yeah. John Jaws, John Jaws's POC, POV. <laughs> yeah. Right. And she goes, and she's going to my daughter. This is what they do. See sharks. Oh. What they do is they get up near and they circle. Yeah. Big gangs of them. They circle, circle round while they decide which one they're going to eat. Which one's the Deadly tastiest? Seriously. Yeah. Deadly seriously, she is saying this to my 12-year-old daughter as if she knows, right? Yeah, no, that, that's what they do. At another point, she's like, she's doing the voice of Jaws, mm-hmm. right? John Jaws, Which yeah. I don't know, she's going, she's seeing all the legs in the water, she's in a separate bridge, she's going, look at them all, they're all having a fucking good laugh now, wait till I stick my fucking fin out the top of the water, then they'll shit themselves. <laughs> <They'll> shit. <laughs> Wait till I stick my fin out the top of the water. Yeah, um, that would be good if you, you know, like a director's commentary on the DVD. But if it was the yeah. John Jaws director's commentary, John Jaws, the and then there was a, and this there was bit, two. Other, I love this bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I ain't got my fin out yet. What's the all scatter on the beach? What's the all scatter yeah. when I get my fin out? Jalapeno. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. At, w- at one bit, Richard Dreyfus gets on his scuba gear and he does that awesome thing that the scuba divers do where they flip backwards off the boat. You know that thing? <laughs> yes, that is awesome, yes. And my mum went, my mum went, Look at him with his big flippers. They'll only slow him down. And I went, yeah, they they will. And she went, funny thing, though, you don't really see them so much nowadays, do you? The big and I flippers. Watch, she went, flippers, you don't really see them. They're more of a 70s thing. 
Which actually, to be fair, although I did laugh at that, she might be right. I, I don't so remember then, them. Do they not have like smaller so, flippers now? Huge flippers. Or, like the yeah. big, big, long ones. That yeah, stick massive out. ones. Yeah. You have yeah, to think they're they always, do, do they? What are they, what do they yeah, wear? she might have a point. What do they wear now? Is it them? Is it them rubberized pool shoes. shoes? Pool shoes. Yeah, I think they yeah. have shoes. Yeah. Like so your, I don't know like, what the like your slippers with the thick rubberized soles. Yeah, that's it. I could even easily go shark hunting in my slippers. That's the <laughs> thing about them; they're versatile. Might do a bit of that while I'm in the Isle of Wight. And then <laughs> after this, after all these comments she was making, I thought I'll. Um, I started to go to her. I couldn't help it, and I said, "No, nah, man." You know quite a lot about sharks. And she was like, all, all like modest. Like, no, I don't know a lot, but, you know, yeah, I know a thing or two. And I said, so say if we're here at the Isle of Wight, say if we were in Shanklin tomorrow having a paddle <laughs> and a shark comes right up to you, right up close, and you're like, fuck, you're stranded. Yeah. How would you have any chance of dealing with the shark? And she said, well, in a situation like that, you have just got to stand perfectly still, like a wasp. And she went, "Yeah." No, she went, "You got to, you got to stand totally still, and you just got to stare it in the eyes, right?" And she went, yeah. "You know, like you're supposed to do with seagulls." <laughs> what? I know. She went, "What? What are you talking about seagulls?" She went, "Yeah, that's how you stop them nicking your lunch. <laughs> stare them out." <laughs> I, yeah, thought we, I think I, my mum's motto when it comes to wildlife is like seagull, like shark, and vice versa. I think um, anything, any rule you apply to c- combat with a seagull, apply the same to a shark. That's my advice. I think your mum has basically got a line for every animal in the same way you've got a line for every non-sport. Yeah, for every sport. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I thought I think punch them on the nose. That's what you're supposed to do with sharks. That's what it? I've heard. That's but what I've you, heard. You yeah. can apply that to pretty much any animal: seagull, bear, shark. Punch it in the nose. They Wasp. say it about all of them, don't they? Yes, they're weak Punch it on the nose. But interestingly, they never say kick them in the bollocks, which no. would be my... But where is the shark's bollocks? Nobody quite, knows. Well, well you, can have, you can have a guess. You get a rough area. But it's, it's the quite sort of ha- thing they talk about on fucking QI, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a shark's bollocks is actually in its ears. <laughs> Fuck off. Ding, 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 ding. Five points. Um, <laughs> but uh, the thing is, it's quite hard to kick underwater, isn't it? So... Yeah, especially if you're wearing them big fucking flippers. It yeah, easy to punch. would have had no chance. Easier to punch than yeah. it is to kick underwater because punch, yeah. you're just reaching out straight in a straight line, and you yeah. just cut through the water, kicking. Bang. There's this, there's an arc sort of thing, so you're going to get slowed down. Cut as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a straight. Yeah, you, uh, you could jab, distract it, jab and then right follow hook. him with a big haymaker yeah. while it's looking the wrong way. Maybe some body punches. Into the kidneys. If you punch, if you punch a shark in the kidneys hard enough, right, it will just collapse. Where it'll pass out? Yeah, but where? Do you where? know why? Because all the blood drains from the rest of its body immediately. If you imagine, if you imagine the way uh, the, a shark's internal organs work, Andy. I, I was right? just going to ask you. Hang on, though. Where is the fucking yeah. kidneys in a shark? If the bollocks it's, are in the ears, where's the kidneys? You know where the main fin is, the warning fin. Yeah. Right. Trace a line down from the warning fin to the middle of the shark's body. No, downwards towards its belly. Right. right? Halfway down, Mm -hmm. Turn. take a right. This is as if a right away from the face. Mm -hmm. And about there, 
about 30 centimetres, size of a length of a uh, children's school ruler, right? That's that's roughly where you're looking at a shark's kidney. Yeah, but, Either but, side's but, got but, one on both yeah, sides. By the time I figured that out, though, I'll have had my fucking leg off. Okay, fair enough. But let me just tell you, if you punch it there, what happens is that effectively, like much like in a human, mm. the kidneys send a signal to the brain. Right. And they're basically saying, oh, no, I'm under attack. Send blood. Send all blood here. Drain the blood. So the, the brain sends that message to the heart. The yeah. shark's heart, yeah. which is right by its tail, starts, to, starts pumping every last bit of blood resource it's got to the kidney. Right. As a result... The shark goes lightheaded, flips on its back, sinks to the bottom of the ocean. You've got probably about five minutes before it comes to, and that's when you make your escape. You don't kick it in the bollocks, you just leg it. Leg it. Leg it. Oh, no, yeah, leg it. If you've got it with a good... And it's not easy, but if you look at old YouTube footage of... You can watch, like, all of Mike Tyson's knockouts in mm. one long supercut on YouTube, and you'll see a lot of them a lot of them, especially in the early days, is most people you see knocked out is because they've caught someone on the jaw or the side of the head. Not Tyson. He's got this, because he gets up close because he's short, he'll get them in the kidneys, mm. right, with a body punch, sort of very short-range body punch, and they'll just collapse. Yeah. Same thing. Hatton used to be good at that Same as well. Thing. Hatton used to be good at that. Yeah. But um, yeah. anyway, I've just remembered who it was on Match of the Day too last night. It was Peter Crouch. He was the other analyst. Uh, did he so, do any of his banter? Did he uh, do the dance? Didn't do the dance, do but the there, dance? Was, there was some oh, of the banter. There was, Peter, do the dance. There, there, there was some of the self-deprecating banter about uh, yeah. you know about getting Being booed tall, off, yeah. about getting booed off by your own fans, like after after yeah. Grant Shackett did yesterday, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, happened that happened to me, to me a few once. Times. Happened to me once. What me I'm b- being a bit on the tall side? Yeah, being a bit not very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a bit lanky, when I. And, um, Still, I'll do the robot dance. And my son went, oh, Peter Crouch is on, brilliant. And I went, uh, you like Peter Crouch, do you? He went, yeah. And I just went, hmm, okay. Just left it at Actually, that. I don't mind Peter Crouch, he's all right. He's I feel all he's right. a little bit overexposed. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. He's, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, I he's, bet, not I doing, mean, he's not doing five podcasts a week, but, uh, no, but he's but slightly overexposed. He's done his book and he's called it I Robot and he's on the cover doing the robot uh, with a sort of an a wry kind of ironic raised eyebrow. Is this like, a new yeah. one? Has he not already done a book? I thought he'd done a book Probably. already. What's this one then? No, but this I don't know, it's called I Robot by oh, Peter no. Crouch. So I see it everywhere. And um I just sort of think, do you know what? I actually think three things about Peter Crouch. I think he was a good footballer. I mean the stats don't lie. Yeah, he was. That's uh, true. I think he was a good footballer. I think he seems like a really nice bloke, and I think he is smart and quite funny. However, yeah. that iRobot business is like below him. He's better than that. Yeah. Some some mirthless tit in a fucking marketing department mm. has convinced him to call the book that and do do that cover. Yeah. Right, and he's just gone along with it, and he shouldn't have because it's really like when Ricky Gervais was constantly like, oh, do you want me to do the dance? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, mate, He's... you're smarter and funnier and better than that. You don't have to live off the fact that you once did a robotic dance to celebrate a goal. Like, there's more to you than that. He's better than that, and he's also better than the current mobile phone contract switching advert that he does as well. I've signed lots yeah. of contracts, so I've played for lots of clubs. Uh, yeah. He's better than but that as well. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, look, far be it from us to knock anyone for earning a few quid uh, whatever way they can. 
But mind you, I'd assume he had a bit in the bank. Well, whatever. I don't, we don't want to judge Peter Crouch. He's a nice bloke. But I do think stop doing... Maybe at least stop doing stuff about the robot dance. Maybe, maybe we should take over as his um, creative directors, like Tony King was for the Rolling Stones. Oh. That'd be a gig, wouldn't it? And for, and for Elton. And don't for forget Elton, yeah. about Elton. Are yeah. you, have you done any more Elton over the weekend? I haven't had time to do any Elton over the weekend, oh. no. I'm still stuck Fucking on it. Hell. Busy man. So, um, I've been where reading were we? a lot, yeah, mate. Yeah, The Wall. So I didn't watch The Wall on Saturday night. I didn't get to watch it until Sunday evening. I sat down and watched mm. it. Fuck me. What an episode. Yeah. Best had one it all, yet. Didn't it? Best one yet. It had some of his best dialogue, didn't it? Yeah. I, oh, I, I noted some of it down as well. See if I can get all of well, it. Well, some of the things that seem to be most popular on Twitter were like a bit of cinnamon, do ya? Yeah. And I'll come round and, and taste your cinnamon. And and a bit where uh, another thing that we didn't comment on before that's a really great element of the show <laughs> is the way that you have to hear the person who's put in isolation doing their workings out. Yeah. Right? So they're they're working out like their answer out loud which yeah. is really funny well it's not because a. obviously i mean to be fair we all think weird thoughts when we're trying to work something out but they're being encouraged by a producer to verbalize it all so of course they're going to say stupid things right it's like those scenes in the simpsons where you hear homer it, what's going on inside his brain it's exactly like yeah. that but there's there's verbalization and, all the way through it you know they get they get to verbalize whether they're going to sign the contract or not and then they face yeah. each other down at the end and say well i had the choice of uh, signing the contract or not and you know whatever happens we've had a great yeah, day and all that kind of I thing i wouldn't be able to resist you know i'd come out so me and you were doing it, it together I? i'd come out and go oi oi fucking signed it <laughs> i took the 20 grand mate well, we i lost. didn't get many right I hope I didn't get many right because I've taken the 20 grand, Andy. <laughs> oh, you stupid bastard, man. <laughs> yeah, I've got some... Fucking hell. Some... You just won us 150 grand, you twat. <laughs> oh, well, 20 grand's 20 grand, son. We came with nothing, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I've got... That was sort of money that could get us out of podcasting for good. <laughs> I've got I've got some of these lines that I noted down. Uh Julie, the one who was dancing around on the on the floor of the, the set, uh not answering the questions. Uh she's the dance fitness instructor. And Danny says to her, yeah. Julie, you're into this dance fitness caper. <laughs> it's, it's a caper. It's a caper. It's a tickle. It's a blank. <laughs> it's a nice little job. So there was that one. There was the obviously the cinnamon thing. I'd like to come around and have a little tasty old cinnamon. That was good. Uh, there was one where the ball fell into the one pound slot and Danny just went, <sighs> teased you, didn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 that was good. That was good. Also calling the, uh, the female contestants baby is never going to get old. Yeah, he's doing that a lot. Go and get your ball, baby. Up. Go and get your ball, baby. <laughs> What's good about it is, is that it's getting all of this reaction. And it's not just from us. Like, everyone's on about it. Apparently, yeah. it beat X Factor in the ratings. Yeah, the didn't it? Right? Not hard, like. And it's getting the reaction. But it's not like he is... They're editing in accordance with what everyone said they liked about it. Or he's changed his performance. Because I in the week, I, I caught up with an, an old friend of mine. And she is a journalist. And she'd been out there. I was talking to her about how great it was. And she, she no. 
she knows Danny Dyer a bit. And she went, oh, I went out there to do a behind the scenes. And she mm. was showing me the photos of her and Danny behind the scenes on set, telling me a little bit of background intel. And she went, fucking hell, you're there for ages because they record them all back to back. Right. And, um, they're re- and each episode... Like, say it's 50 minutes, I think, the episode. Yeah. She goes, but it's like three times that length yeah, in yeah. reality. And he's going all over around the houses with some of his dialogue and banter and there's awkward silences. And, and she did confirm that the funniest, the most funny and awkward part of it is the fact that this big Polish audience are there. <laughs> I think they've been given booze but in a hope that that would make them be noisier. <laughs> but they're, they're just sat there quietly pissed, not yeah. fucking knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah. And uh, Danny apparently would come over in quiet, awkward bits where the producers are resetting things and sit next to her in the crowd and go, fuck me, baby. They don't know what the fuck's going on here. I mean, it feels like I'm dying on my ass, right? <laughs> but what I thought was interesting about that was like, he's got all these catchphrases, but he doesn't realise as he's doing it that these yeah. things would all become catchphrases. So it's just, um, it's just Dyer doing what he does best. Yeah. There was one as well last night. Come on, Walt, it's about time. You've been taking liberties all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wrote my uh, I wrote my column for the big issue about the wall. Obviously, of course you did. Uh, this this week, and in it, I said I think. And the, the column's only supposed to be about four hundred and seventy words, which isn't much. And I can tell you, my first draft was about two thousand words because I just felt as if there's mm. not, never going to be enough room to write down all the things that are special yeah. about. It. Once you start getting really deep, like beyond just the superficial appeal of Danny Dyer and his and his funny dialogue and all the rest of yeah, it. Oh, there's so much going on. When you on. get in, in, into the heart of the game and yeah. and where the drama lies and all the rest of it. And I, I said, really, I think probably the most important thing that lies at the very heart of its appeal is the fact that Dyer believes the wall to be a sentient, sentient being, being with its own yeah. belief system. Yeah. And that is what elevates it. It would be good anyway, but the way in which he personalises <laughs> it and shouts at the wall and talks to it as if it's a person, and he appears to do so with complete conviction and sincerity, yeah. that to me is the magic of the wall. And at one point, he says that the two husbands who are in the crowd... He threatens the wall on yeah. their behalf and says that yeah. they've got the hump and they're going to come over and smash, smash you up, up in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But it's, and this, by the way, is family entertainment. I mean, you know, it was only a few decades ago where what was considered edgy was having DLT knock at the door at Crinkley Bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And Noel answered the door and DLT be stood there with a picture of Noel from the 70s when he looked a bit different and then all being like, oh, and that was considered edgy and anarchic. <laughs> now you've got Danny Dyer, right, going, s- shouting, you better you better sort it out, well, because the lads are getting a right arm and they're going to run over and smash you up in a minute. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty dark stuff. And, and also, also Danny Dyer, a man who, you know, for whatever it's worth, has cheated on his wife in the past and it's been public what? knowledge oh yeah yes isn't he yeah and he's he's there saying to a female contestant he's going to go around their house and taste their cinnamon oh, it's it's, it's something yeah he Plus, doesn't care though does getting he getting back to the wall though you can see why he believes that the wall is sentient because not only mm. has it got the fucking money in it and all the balls and all that yeah. it's got the answers to all the questions that Angela Rippon asks yeah. Yeah. he has to he has to get the wall to give the answer and say, is it right or is it wrong? And then is the wall tells right us. Or is it wrong? Not. Or sometimes he goes, Was she right or was she wrong? 
<laughs> I've got a confession to make as well. I've got a confession to mm. make. This weekend's episode, at the end, I cried. I cried, Sam. <laughs> I fucking cried. Did you really? I did. Because it was such a big win, I wasn't did. it? Yeah, yeah. It was the biggest win yet. It was just that thing of just seeing people having their lives changed immeasurably yeah. for the better in the blink yeah. of an eye. Um, yeah. I'm not saying tears were streaming down my face, but tears formed, yeah. tears of joy. I well, get like that. It, I'll say this, though. I get like that with a place in the sun when they get an offer accepted for the gaff they want in Spain. Yeah. Because you can just see the, the the joy on their faces. I think that's it. Life's, life's never going to be the same again. Yeah, exactly. The, so I, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I was watching it. Me and Len have been at West Ham, Sheffield United. It was disappointing. But on the way home, long, rainy, delayed journey home, the way I kept his spirits up, was the whole way saying, mate, we'll be home watching the wall soon. Two and a half hours till the wall, son. It's extra special for him because he gets to stay up late because yeah. the wall goes on beyond his bedtime. And there were bits where, I mean, the the drama in this episode, like you say, was so, it was a, such a roller coaster. And there were yeah. points at which the balls weren't treating them kindly to begin with, were they? They kept falling into like the one pound yeah. slot and stuff. Yeah. Right? And I did feel for them, but I was so, you get so immersed and tied up in it that I kept laughing hysterically every time the ball went into like the one pound oh. slot when they wanted it to go in a... Right, because I don't know why. It was my way of coping with it, right, was to turn it into humour. And Len was getting the right ump with me. And a couple of times when it fell in to a really bad slot and they lost yeah. a lot of money, he was like, he was going to cry. He was like letting out, you know, he let out, he let out a cry that reminded me of that scene in The Force Awakens when Luke's, when Han Solo's just been killed mm. by... Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren and Chewie lets out this sort of roar uh. of heartbreak doesn't he do you remember it uh. that was what Len was like yeah. that was the noise Len made when the ball fell into the one pound slot understandable and and so it really and then for it to all get turned around apologies cunters if you haven't watched it yet yeah, you and you're should have fucking watched it, it by now player. but that's it. your fault it's Monday now I mean fucking come hell. on but so yeah, yeah, great episode. And it just keeps on going, keeps on going strength to strength. I hope it never ends. Well, I hope the BBC commit to showing this year round. Well, there's only six episodes in this series, apparently. But it's better, it's better to be back, though. So we're halfway through the series. Yeah, it's better to be back, though, because it's a massive, massive it win. It wants to be. I can't wait for Celebrity Wall. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm sick nah, of seeing things with celebrities good, it? on it. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? It's Robbie yeah. Savage. Oh, fuck off. What about those sisters from episode one? who have been in touch with us. Oh, they've, yeah, got they've got a got podcast, podcast, which I mentioned in the newsletter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like them to invite us onto their podcast. Have, to have talk, a listen to, to that, everyone. Just so we could meet them. Yeah. It's called Sisters of No Mercy. Is that what it's called? I was just going to have a look and see what yeah. it was called. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. Um, that's about it, Sam. What about predictions? Oh, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, not a just great quickly. week. Results bot got five, you got two, I got one. Oh, so you're still in the lead. I'm Don't tell me I'm in third place no, now. Well, you're second. I'm on 50. You're on 48. Results bot's on 43 now. Results okay. bot right. is a- approaching us rapidly. Pretty close, man. Yeah. Have to keep an eye on that. So, there, yeah, that's it for this Monday episode. We're back tomorrow with the uh, uh, Mailbag Deep Delve. And then Wednesday, if you're IFS, the first mm. part of our deep dive into the 1973 BBC Hells Angels documentary. Get involved.
That's all I'm saying. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.